studios of Republic TV. It's time for the debate. studios of Republic TV. It's time for the debate. studios of Republic TV. It's time for the debate. Conspiracy talk show with your host Andrew P and the Conspiracy Trail. Okay, and today's episode is dedicated towards India. Okay, in a good look, good, good look, good reviews. Okay, good help towards out there to the people. Okay, and I want to say enough respect goes out to all the people who take time out to tune into the program. It's a world conspiracy talk show with your host Andrew P. Okay. So here we go over. Extremely overwhelming. It's heartening to see nation after. It's extremely overwhelming. It's heartening to see nation after nation after nation rallying behind India in its worst health crisis. Even as the nation's healths are pouring in from across the world, whether it's United States, UK, Germany, France, Saudi Arabia, it comes on the back heels of a very careful vaccine diplomacy that started almost a year ago. And at a time when the world unites to give India a helping hand, the one question on India's mind, will our netas learn a debate? Learn a lesson. Let's debate. 
The Burj Khalifa, world's tallest building, lit up with the Stay Strong India message. Close to 1 p.m., 318 oxygen concentrators landed in India from America. India has also convinced the U.S. to allow export of vaccine raw materials. Right now, even as we speak, George, there's discussions about really ramping up what we can do on the ground, oxygen supplies, drugs, tests, PPE, as well as taking a look in the intermediate and long run about how we can get vaccines to these individuals, both immediately now, as well as in the situation where you help them to be able to essentially make vaccines themselves. UK has sent surplus medical essentials. Right, uh, we're sending out an emergency shipment of over 600 items of equipment. They're ventilators, oxygen uh, concentrators, and the aim is to provide the support that the Indians need at their hour of need, really, if uh, uh, judging by the distressing scenes we've seen in many of the hospitals in India. Uh, there'll be a series of other shipments. That Germany has pledged support to fight with India. Fragen kommen da bei die Lieferung von Beatmungsgeräten, ähm, von monoklonalen Antikörpern, von Remdesivir sowie von OP und KN95-Masken. Nations are rallying behind India as we battle the second and the most lethal wave of COVID-19. It's the COVID diplomacy that has worked for India. Because in the first wave, India exported 50 million hydroxychloroquine tablets to the US. We gave 5 lakh vaccine doses to Canada and also donated 64 million vaccine doses to 82 countries. So at a time when the world is united to back India's efforts, will our Netas back home get the message and shun politics? Let's debate. First of all, I want to say that it is very encouraging to see that the world is helping India, but also we have to understand that we need the world's help because we have failed to help our own selves. 
I will remind you and I'll give you statistics. On 29 January 2021, our Honorable Prime Minister said that despite doomsday predictions, India has defeated COVID and helped more than 50 countries. On 17th of April, our Premier said, campaigning in Bengal, that I am amazed to see such huge crowds at the rally. So what is more important, saving people's lives or doing election rallies? Bottom line is, Madam, the Premier has failed. And the people need to answer for it. The people are dying by mm -hmm. The country is in pain. The country is in rage. Who is to Riju Dutta, I don't want you to begin on a day when India is happy about the COVID diplomacy that has come in to make this also about center and state politics. I and Republic TV, we all truly believe all netas are responsible. Riju, give me a chance just to say one point and I have
helping us expand our manufacturing capabilities, but have been sending in oxygen concentrators, mobile oxygen plants, or be it the United Arab Emirates or France for that matter. <clears throat> the world has come together and stood in solidarity with the Modi government because in their time of need, as you rightly said, who can forget five crore HCQ tablets sent to the United States when people there were dying mm -hmm. every minute. And let me tell okay. one more thing to people who say, oh, we've this? overtaken Brazil. Mm, Excuse me, this? just one, one small point, one small point. One small point, Riju, then you can yes. rebut me. Yes, okay, okay, okay. make a point. That Brazil has a population of 21 crore and the entire Uttar Pradesh, which has a population of 24 crore, is more populated than Brazil. So if you want to compare performances, don't compare apples and oranges, compare Brazil with Uttar Pradesh. Brazil, more than three and a half lakh people have died. We have been able to rein in numbers in Uttar Pradesh at barely 11,000. Though Uttar Pradesh has a density of population of 828 persons per square kilometer, vis-a-vis -vis Brazil's barely 25 persons per square kilometer. So in India, it has been a humongously challenging job. And I think today, cutting okay, okay. the ideologies, I'm sure okay, did you as a, come forward and okay. Now, as I'm going, I, I understand it. Okay, Sanju, your point is being made. Riju has to make a point, but I want to tell both of you as political netas who are making a political point. Yes, the global leaders have come together. Riju, but I also want you to answer something and I also want Sanju to answer later on in the debate something. Today, the Madras High Court has pulled up the ECI saying why were political rallies held? And I think both the parties and every political party in Bengal and all the other states is guilty of what happened because the ECI today has been said to have been singularly responsible for the second wave of COVID-19. So any party, Riju and Sanju, who had political rallies, who gave and had those surveillance, is also responsible for it. Riju, please do respond to Sanju also. Yes, yes. And you have uh, made a very pertinent point. Now, if you remember, when the election commission declared eight phases, it was my chief minister who said, why do you need eight phases uh, on, in an ongoing pandemic? They quoted violence and they copy-pasted the dates given by BJP. After even that was announced on 23rd, 24th of February, Mamata Banerjee wrote to the prime minister that we need vaccines. You tell us, we will pay it from our state as checkers. We will vaccinate everybody in Bengal. That was denied. That was denied. Now, later on, I, again, I will say, because Sanju likes numbers, 560-odd PSAs were supposed to be built under the PM Care Fund. Why was not a single PSA allocated to Bengal? In Gujarat, the, uh, the population is 7 crores. Bengal, 10 crores. Gujarat has 20,000 beds. The Bengal has 83,000 beds. Why the Prime Minister has sent 1,65,000 remdesivir to Gujarat and only 32,000 to Bengal? Why does the Prime Minister hate Bengal so much? I am here as a representative of PMC. I will talk about my state. My okay. state is probably the most equipped state without comparison okay. in, in this country. But why are now our only oxygen yeah. provider hmm. is being pressurized by the central government to channelize its oxygen to Uttar Pradesh, not to Bengal? Are Bengalis not citizens of this country? Why? Why Can this? I why this demarcation? Again and again, your personal battle with Uttar Pradesh comes, but I want to go on to my other guests. This is not going to be about center versus Bengal anymore on the debate. Riju, you made your point. Sanju's made her point. I want to go across because the debates today... Rhythm, can I just come in? 
Conspiracy and don't forget you are listening to the World Conspiracy Talk Show with your host Andrew P. Okay, as they are trying to issue out their motto over there in India concerning COVID 19 coronavirus. Okay, deep, deep world conspiracy, deep, deep controversy. Okay, and as we see the leaders, the elites, heads of state are playing politics with COVID 19 and the vaccine and people life. Okay, and don't forget you are listening to the World Conspiracy Talk Show on Share FM Radio. Okay, streaming in live. Ah, uh, yeah, thank you, Rhythm. Well, first of all, I think we have built a lot of goodwill around the world that uh, is now uh, we paying dividends. The last seven years, the kind of relationship building we have done with a variety of countries, just look at the range, you know, from the Middle East to Europe to East Asia to North America, every continent is responding to India when we are in need. And that's because we have built up over time a reservoir of goodwill with all of them. Even we have Pakistan. assisted them, like you've said. Even Pakistan so is it's a mutual give and take. You know, in international affairs, always people respect countries that have done good. People respect countries that have done good. Even the US, which was being nasty and very selfish, we have you know, in a way, turned them around. We have persuaded them to think twice about, uh, you know, abandoning India in a time of need. They have realized their folly and they're now slowly coming around. So I think it's a success. In fact, what is the use of diplomacy if it does not support developmental needs of a, a country like India, if it does not support humanitarian needs of a country like India? So our diplomatic machinery has really worked and toiled and we have to salute them. They are also Corona warriors. Dr. Jay Shankar, Ajit Doval, the kind of efforts they put in to mobilize this international solidarity and to make people realize that we are right now in a crisis and we appreciate whatever support we can get from any corner. And they're doing it. People are rising to the occasion because they know this is not charity. We are not begging from them. They also receive help from us. Mm -hmm. India has been a net giver and a net provider of well-being yes. of the whole planet on climate, on humanitarian rescues. We have done this, Saridam. Over and over again, we have been actually first responder. We have supported the world and therefore people see no hesitation in opening their hearts and uh, yes. strings for us. Even private sector rhythm, not only countries, Google as a company is now saying 1.35 billion they are going to spend for us. Why? Because India is a big market. Google invests here. Google makes money here. So this is not charity. We are not going out with a, with a begging board. It's very important for people to realize this. We are a sovereign country. We are a self-respecting country. We actually are net givers. Most of the time, if you add up over time, we have given more for corona response and COVID response than we are taking right now. And we will repay all this also. We are, you know, we are a rising power. And just because our health infrastructure did not hold up, yes, there are a lot of domestic problems. The politicians are uh, mudslinging at each other. But let us remember, Narendra Modi has really built up our image in the world. And that is really counting today. You know, you know uh, the kind absolutely. of we are getting. And now we are being treated as international Korea. So we, we deserve this help. 
at this moment of need. Dr. Sriram Cholya, Dr. Cholya, before I let you continue, there's a breaking news coming in on exactly the right note that you struck. This is about India's vaccine diplomacy. Let me tell you today, in fact, around 10 minutes ago, President of United States, Joe Biden, had a phone conversation with our Prime Minister Narendra Modi. In that conversation, a lot of things have been discussed and now uh, Prime Minister has tweeted my discussion with the President also underscores the importance of smooth and efficient supply chains of vaccine, raw materials and medicines. India-US healthcare partnerships can address the global challenge of COVID-19. At the same time, President Biden has also tweeted, let me go across to our senior executive editor, Abhishek Kapoor. Abhishek, like you said, and like Dr. Cholia is talking about, the help is coming from all global powers. Yes, the help came in from United States late, but an extremely positive message. First, the counterparts, uh, first NSA and his counterpart yesterday speak, after which the raw material and all is promised. Now the president is also tweeting, we discussed the COVID situation, and I thank and he says, I thank President Biden for the support being provided by the United States to India. Well, yes, the um, uh, Prime Minister has tweeted that conversation lasted for almost 25 minutes, and that in itself shows uh, in what detail the two leaders would have gone in terms of addressing this crisis together. Uh, all support that India can get is welcome, uh, and the Americans hold the key so far as the APIs. Uh, intermediaries and the materials that are needed, the raw materials that are needed uh, to, to get the vaccines and uh, scale up the vaccine production program in India. And hopefully the Americans uh, would uh, follow up uh, on this promise and uh, make the deliveries uh, fast and as soon as possible. I think uh, it's important that we get the vaccine, but then that again is a long-term plan. What is important is we get the oxygenation uh, oxygen concentrators, we get oxygen supplies in order. And I think uh, with this American aid coming in and the World Health Organization also pulling in, uh, we we should see things turning around very soon. Issues like uh, RT-PCR tests taking three to five days even in the national capital of the country uh, is essentially because of uh, supply side constraints. And hopefully yes. with this aid coming in, uh, we should be uh, tightening over the crisis sooner than later. <coughs> Thank you, Abhishek, for those details. The Prime Minister has a 25-minute conversation with the President of the United States. I come back to the panel discussion. Uh, Professor D.K. Giri, I come to you. You were also saying something. Look at the kind of efforts on a global scale that are coming in. U.S. is sending raw material to India for the vaccine. U.K. is sending 600 medical supplies in nine airline containers. EU activates the civil protection mechanism. Germany imports 23 mobile oxygen plants. France is giving oxygen assistance. Singapore sends tankers and medicines. Saudi gives liquid oxygen. Russia, Iran, Afghanistan, China, Australia, Canada offer to help. My question, Professor Giri, to you then, why was this criticized? Why did Rahul Gandhi talk about it? Isn't there egg on the face when he spoke about vaccine diplomacy and said India still has no COVID strategy? He tried to run down India's diplomatic re reach by saying exporting oxygen vaccines when our people are dying is nothing short of a crime. Okay. I just, uh, you know, um, at the time of death and destruction, Ridhima, and gloom and despair, it is... It is not fair to criticize anybody, let alone government or the opposition. This call for national unity. 
But since this is a debate and it is a democracy, yes. so I want to tell you something. I see, like uh, hearing people like Sanju Burma, I see that there is a kind of pyrrhic sense of victory. You know, somebody is saying, my house is on fire, but does not matter. I'm happy that whole villages are coming to pour water on my house. Is that is that a sense of uh, satisfaction? Why did we come to this situation? We were not prepared. We did not have the vaccines. We did not have the oxygen to give it to people to breathe. People are coming to help us because people are dying here. There is death, chaos, overcrowding in the hospital. That is why people are coming out of sympathy and generosity. This is not a matter of satisfaction. This is not vaccine diplomacy. We should talk about COVID deaths. Even Pakistan is wanting to help. Pakistan said, open your borders, we'll send our ambulance. Is it a matter of joy? Have we come to that situation that if a country like Pakistan would extend their support to us? We were gloating over it. We were smug and saying that, you know, we have supplied vaccines to all over the world. But charity begins at home. We needed 2 billion vaccines and our production capacity is 2.5 million per day. How do you reach that capacity? Where was the preparedness? How did you increase your health infrastructure? These are, you know, simple statistics anybody can read out. You know, Sanju Burma's party was obsessed in Bengal, defeating Mamata Banerjee. Entire cabinet was campaigning there. That is why this happened, the skewed priorities of the government. This is a shame on our country that we our country to this state of affairs. And finally, finally, we have become an international pariah now. You know, everybody is stopping our flights. The country after country is banning flights from India. I don't think that these words like pariah are accurate. Professor Giri, Professor Giri, that happened. I, I, I understand the first thing that you started off by saying, and I welcome that step. And I would want all the politicians and all the political party associates on the show to maintain that this is not a time to politicize this for your political party. India needs to unite. Global leaders get the message. Sushant Sareen and so should they. And this is a valid point Professor Giri has raised today. And I must admit, uh, this is also something I want to ask Sushant Sareen. Why didn't the Netas think about this last year? Why did no Neta from no political party think of setting up oxygen plants? Why didn't they think there could be a second wave? Yes, this is a failure yes, that centre and the states have to acknowledge. Why was no one prepared for an eventuality? Rhythm, you know, after the event, everybody is wiser. Uh, I want to know how many estimates there were of what kind of casualties will happen. What is happening to us is, uh, you know, it's terrible. Frankly, I didn't even want to be in the debate because there are people who are approaching somebody like me who's utterly helpless, but they are approaching us to try and get either an oxygen tank or an injector or something or the other. And I find it disgusting when politicians on your show <coughs> are fighting <coughs> each other like, you know, some kind of, you know, fighting heads and box going after each other. I think it's disgusting. What our focus should be on how uh, maximum help can be procured. But on your question, Rhythm, the thing is that uh, did anybody have an estimate of how much oxygen would be required? How much exactly it would be required? All these people who are vaccine eloquent, everybody is turned into an anesthesiologist, uh, a, a person who's expert on oxygen. We have these very, very fancy journalists who talk about how industrial oxygen can be used uh, for medical oxygen. Uh, you know, everybody without knowing their backside from the front is talking. Uh, but uh, 
when facilities, when monies were given for even setting up oxygen facilities, bureaucratic inertia prevented that from happening. Who do you blame? The system is creaky. We can keep just thumping. We can keep congratulating us. Can you please keep quiet? And you talk when it's your turn. Okay, I don't want to. I, I don't even want to enter into a debate now. You can't give information which is incorrect. You're factually incorrect. Mr. Sarojan, you're factually incorrect. There was a standing parliamentary committee. Listen, yeah, yeah. Listen, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I am bored. conspiracy and maybe even for years before we may see the back of this virus okay so live debate coming straight over there from india okay and you hear it on share from radio and world conspiracy talk show okay live debate as we get further into what's going on over there in India. 
Let's take a closer look. Twenty-eight-year-old Mukul Vyas bought his fifty-two-year-old COVID-positive mother Kiran in an auto and waited outside the Sardar Patel COVID care center for three hours. But he could not get a bed for her. She passed away in this auto. There are 500 COVID beds inside the center, but people are struggling to get an admission. Many who even got the DSO or district surveillance officer's reference for admission as per procedure also had to wait for four to five hours outside. दो का रजिस्ट्रेशन हो चुका है लेकिन यहां से बोला जाता है कि अंदर से लिस्ट आएगी अनाउंसमेंट करेंगे जब आपको अंदर जाने दिया जाएगा लेकिन 10 बजे से अभी तक ये टाइम आ गया कोई रिस्पांस नहीं आया नाम खाने पानी पी पा रहे हैं ना कहीं खाना खाने देयर आर नो आईसीयू और वेंटिलेटर बेड्स राइट नाउ इन द सेंटर एंड पीपल विद ऑक्सीजन लेवल्स बिलो 85 आर नॉट अलाउड लीविंग दोस लाइक 40 इयर ओल्ड सुरेंद्र सचवान वेटिंग ऑन द फुटपाथ सेंटर है सरदार बल्लभ भाई पटेल इसमें भी ये कह रहे हैं ना आईसीयू है ना वेंटिलेटर है ना कोई बेड है कोई इंतजाम नहीं है आप ले जाओ अपने पेशेंट को मतलब पंद्रह बीस हॉस्पिटल हो गए कल से हम लोग ऐसे ये सब ऐसे ही मैडम उन्होंने मुझे रिप्लाई भी दे दिया आप कहीं और ले जाओ हमारे पास बेड है हाँ जी हाँ उनके बाद मेरे पास मेल रिटर्न का रिटर्न में आया था तो रिटर्न में लिख के दिया उन्होंने हमारे पास बेड नहीं है आप कहीं और ले जाओ Delhi Chief Minister Arvind Kejriwal today assured that more ICU beds are being set up across Delhi. GTB Hospital के सामने एक रामलीला मैदान है। वहाँ पे हम 500 ICU beds तैयार कर रहे हैं। LNJP अस्पताल के सामने अपना जो मेन रामलीला मैदान है, वहाँ भी हम 500 ICU beds तैयार कर रहे हैं। और राधा स्वामी सत्संग में हम 200 ICU beds तैयार कर रहे हैं। तो ये 1200 ICU beds ये 1200 in India, both are now on heartbreaking public display. <laughs> where a son begs for his father's body to be taken to the crematorium for his last rites. <laughs> where the virus has returned at such speed, it has far outpaced this country's ability to cope. <laughs> Sunita mourns for her brother, just 45 years old, COVID is claiming ever younger victims. He was a hospital worker in Putnam, where patients lie in makeshift wards, where every life hangs by the slender thread of an oxygen tube in a land where oxygen is just one more fatal shortage. 
It breeds panic and fuels soaring black market prices. We met the family of Sanjeev Kumar. He's struggling to breathe in the back of this car. They finally secured oxygen for him, but it proves to be too late. We have driven here and there and everywhere to find help, says his brother Rajiv. Their mother cannot be consoled. If we'd had oxygen in time, he would have survived, he says. But the hospital couldn't give him anything. Okay, so there goes even an ex serious, serious issue which the world faces. And not just India, but also many more countries all over the world, as we can see it on the news and on the web daily as hospitals and cities and countries have been running out of oxygen, lack of oxygen. So people are starting to die because of oxygen. Deep, deep world conspiracy, deep, deep world controversy, deep state funding elites. With a kind of world pandemic like this, you would think that the world organization and the health world sector would be 100% prepared or at least even with oxygen. Deep, deep world conspiracy, deep, deep controversy. Okay, Richardin, it's plain, plain, plain in front of the eyes of the people. It's not just a problem in which India alone face, but most countries all over the world. And it's very plain, plain in front of the eyes of the people that the system has failed the people miserably. Deep, deep world conspiracy. Our Indian healthcare system is in crisis, I would say that. Um, we are short of uh, oxygen, we are short of uh, normal beds, ventilators, for that sake medicine. So there is an overall uh, deterioration in all the sectors. And in the country that is home to the world's biggest manufacturer of vaccine, too often there is none. In Mumbai today, crowds queued for precious doses with little regard to safe social distancing. Aid from overseas, ventilators and machines to make oxygen will arrive tomorrow. It can't come too soon for this young woman, denied a bed at a hospital in Delhi and left instead to the care of her family on the pavement outside. Okay, there goes even serious, serious, more deep, devastating issue. Okay, bed crisis in a world pandemic. So people have been started to be in refused beds. Okay, so the system is now choosing who to give beds from who not to have beds. Okay, so you can see clear, clear as you hear it on the report over there in New Delhi and not just New Delhi. This is not just a India or a New Delhi issue. This is a issue which most countries all over the world, even number one first world country like America and Britain and these countries face the same problem with oxygens and lack of bed in where to put people. Deep, deep world conspiracy, deep, deep controversy. So where have all the people, tax money has been gone all over the years? Serious controversy. <laughs> for this young woman, denied a bed at a hospital in Delhi and left instead to the care of her family on the pavement outside. This is a nation in shock, crying out for help. John Ray, ITV News.
Okay, serious, serious controversy over there in India. And not just India, also in the world. COVID-19, coronavirus, as the world, and a serious clampdown, lockdown. Okay. By the time this news bulletin ends, it's estimated at least 115 people will have died from COVID-19 across India. While shipments of masks and ventilators have started arriving from overseas, the country's health system is sinking under the weight of cases. 360,000 in the last 24 hours, the worst day on record. Grief on an unimaginable scale now turning to anger. In Delhi, medics and security guards were attacked by men using a wooden club. Their 67-year-old relative died in the hospital waiting room because no ICU beds were available. Three hours drives. Okay, so there goes the same issue in which I was just discussing. So people are start to feel the pinch and the glinch. Okay, people, family has been dying just because of a bed, lack of oxygen and all of these basic, basic medical supply. Deep, deep world conspiracy, deep, deep world controversy. Richard, it's going into a ear, if not maybe little since this coronavirus has been on the world. And even since that, they are not even prepared for nothing. Deep, deep world conspiracy, deep, deep world controversy, which we have seen the suffering in which people are facing worldwide. People have been dying, no work. No, nothing world is underneath clampdown and lockdown. Deep world, world conspiracy, deep controversy, deep state funding, co-corporate elites. South and Agra, families arrived. Their 67-year-old relative died in the hospital waiting room because no ICU beds were available. Okay, so there you go, 67-year-old in the waiting room because no ICU bed was available. Deep, deep world conspiracy, deep, deep controversy, deep, deep embarrassment, deep, deep world controversy. Three hours drive south in Agra, families arrive to see a relative, but are told the person is dead because there is no oxygen. Uh, I get maybe uh, around 50 calls. Okay, there you go. Lack of oxygen and no oxygen, deep world conspiracy. And as you can see, people are not taking these things lightly, especially over there in New Delhi. People are starting to begin to attack medical staff, workers and security from hospitals. Deep world conspiracy. Every day, somebody is asking for bed, somebody is asking for sick. Relative, but are told the person is dead because there is no oxygen. Uh, I get maybe uh, around 50 calls every day. Somebody asking for beds, somebody asking for cylinders, somebody asking for drugs. We don't have anything available and patients are dying. Official figures now have 137 people dying every hour. Total so far 200,000, but no one believes it. The real number of cases, according to experts, far higher than 18 million. They can't build the cremation sites fast enough. Funeral pyres are appearing on roadsides, anywhere there is room. And on this... Okay, there goes 
serious serious issues anywhere anywhere there is space people just do their thing pay key attention to this report they can't build the cremation sites fast enough funeral pyres are appearing on roadsides anywhere there is room and on the street people take turn okay so funeral parlors are appearing on road anywhere there is space if that isn't deep world conspiracy and world controversy i don't know what is okay deep deep on an oxygen bottle there's a booming black market with prices skyrocketing i'm buying oxygen at the rate of gold you know it has the situation come to that level aid is arriving from europe masks and ventilators but it's a fraction of what's needed for this country of 1.3 billion. The Red Cross, though, we're showing some stunning optimism. We are very much hopeful within a, in a week or two, it will be controlled. The travel bans on arrivals from India means at least 9,000 Australians are now trapped there. Two of them are Madhu Venkatakrishna's wife and daughter. All the other countries, be it the United Kingdom or the US, they've not banned inbound travel for their own citizens and uh, residents, and that's what makes me feel really bad about it. Three months ago, India's Prime Minister declared victory over coronavirus, saying the worst was over. In hospitals and cremation centres across the country, they know the worst is yet to come. Mark Burroughs, Nine News. Three lakh fourteen thousand cases. This is the highest number that any country has seen in the fight against COVID in a single day. We have been caught off guard, no questions about it. Now we need to take some drastic measures. How can we bring the curve down? Let's debate. Hospitals are overflowing. There is a dearth of beds who have been COVID tested positive or have been made to sit outside with oxygen cylinders. They have not been given beds. There are several people who are complaining that they don't get beds and for several hours, in fact, they are made to sit outside. Shortage of oxygen is the biggest talking point. Never has the nation witnessed a health crisis at this level where the system has been crippled. The country has seen over 3 lakh cases in a day, a global first. Look at the curve. In the first wave peak on September 18, 2020, we saw a spike of 93,337 new cases a day and then began the gradual process of decline in cases. 
by February 14, 2021, we managed to bring down the cases to 11,649 per day. And then the cases began shooting up again. And in a hockey stick-like curve, India now has a tally of over 1 crore 59 lakh infections. Adding to the cause of concern is this newly found triple mutant variant. And countries like the United States, United Kingdom, New Zealand, Hong Kong have imposed restrictions on flyers from India. Just when the economy was opening up, the second wave seems to have held the nation hostage. And the focus should now be on swinging the curve downwards. Let's debate. Dr. Rahul Pandit is Director of Critical Care at Fortis Hospitals, Mumbai. He's member of the Maharashtra COVID Task Force. <clears throat> Dr. D.S. Rana is a senior nephrologist from Delhi. Dr. Kritika Kopali is infectious disease specialist and she's an assistant professor in, in medicine at the University of South Carolina in the US. Kewal Handa is former managing director of Pfizer. And we'll have some more guests joining us in just a bit. In this section, we will open up to phone lines. Dr. Rahul Pandey, the number is over 3 lakh per day. At what point does it start coming down? Can we predict that? Adam, it is very uh, difficult to predict what time and what, uh, what time would it start coming back. The reason is that every city is probably going to peak and uh, start a downward trend at a different stage. Every, every state would be different. I think Maharashtra, Mumbai has probably reached to a plateau where we are seeing for the last five days the cases are somewhere between seven and 8,000. But as we all know that Delhi and other states are basically peaking up still and we just don't know where the top is. Uh, so to say for a whole country, I think it's a 100 to 120 day cycle is what most mathematical models predict. And that's what we know from the previous uh, year from the Western uh, as well as the European uh, cases which have sort of gone up and come down in 100 days or so. So we need to basically uh, wait out. I think it's going to take a few good, good, good few more months before we can actually say that a case are coming down across the country. But uh, does the vaccination, does the vaccination drive which will become uh, you know, uh, proliferate more after May 1st when everyone over the age of 18 gets the vaccine. Does that change things? We have Dr. Harsh Mahajan with us, who's president of Nat Health. He's joining us from Delhi. Does the vaccination drive slow things down? And if that happens, how long does it take? Vaccination, as you know, Arnab, it uh, uh, takes time before the immunity develops. The two vaccines that we have are both uh, requiring two injections. Uh, for Covaxin, it's four weeks apart, and now for Covishield, is uh, six to eight weeks apart. So the first vaccine does give you immunity, but it's limited, and it starts nearly uh, about 20 days after the shot. And then you give the second uh, injection, 
it it takes at least two weeks after the second injection be, before you get an ideal immunity. So you're looking, even if we were able to vaccinate a large number of people and, and we have a huge population, you're still looking at at least two to three months, even if we were to ramp up to say 50 lakh uh, vaccinations a day or a one crore vaccinations a day, still for the vaccination, it is very, very desirable. It has to be done, but it'll still take longer time. The second aspect about the vaccination is that, you know, there are mutant viruses which have come. And we do know that for the Covishield, the AstraZeneca vaccine, the South African variant, uh, it's not very effective against that, only about 10%. It is supposed to be effective against the UK variant, but how effective these will be against the new double mutant uh, virus that we are seeing in Maharashtra, and uh, which probably also has made an entry in Delhi, that we'll know only after studies are done. A recent study so, from uh, ICMR uh, has shown for Covaxin that it does appear to be pretty efficacious against the double mutant. So that's a good thing. But it's still but, a slow process, though very necessary. Well, uh, this uh, particular double mutant strain for people who have taken or plan to take Covishield, Dr. Krutika Kupali, do we have any information? Is Covishield not going to be useful at all against this double mutant strain in terms of uh, not just efficacy, but in terms of reducing the impact of the disease? I don't think we know that yet. I think there's still data that we need to find. The studies need to be done. Um, and it needs to be um, going to have to wait to see what the information shows. So, no, the, the question was that, you know, since we're looking at bringing it down, my question again goes on this. As far as the usefulness of COVID shield is concerned, Dr. Rana, do we have any information, Dr. Rana? If, if COVID, Covaxin is useful, and then everyone going in for vaccination will also want to know, how much does Covishield protect us in this new way? Uh, as Dr. Harshman told already, the vaccination is must technique, but uh, whether people will not be able to get infection after that, that is not true. People get infection, and you must have heard the news from Gangaram, which says that at our hospital, at least 40 doctors, those who have vaccinated, and some of them have antibodies, they contract infection, but they got mild disease and they recovered. Most of them, everybody recovered, you know. So, vaccination produces protective antibodies, and those protective antibodies. We don't know what is the value of those protective antibodies. But, and that is why some people are getting infection, some are not getting infection. And uh, all of us know very little know all this disease. But however, I would like to send one message that vaccination is very important. And as you, even now, let me tell you one another observation. The people, those who have got infection earlier, most of them had not got this infection even by mutant, uh, this uh, mutant, mutant virus now. So there is some protection by this vaccination and there also by infection. Ultimately, our aim is to achieve herd immunity 
and herd immunity will be achieved only by vaccination and plus infection of the people and the way people are getting infected. So as a vaccine drive, drive right now concern, there is a lot of uh, hesitancy and many people are not getting vaccinated and as Hars just reinstated, I want to reinstate that, that it will take almost two years if we, if we continue to go on this way before we can achieve herd immunity through vaccination. So right now it is very important to address the issue uh, of course what is happening right now that uh, there is increased uh, you know demand there is increased defense greatly by in the supply and uh, demand you know right now our supply chain whether it is a drugs whether it is oxygen very vital okay, let's... whether it is manpower they are all falling short and they are not so in this increased load of the body. in this in this section my my biggest concern is how do we bring how do we bring the curve down? Kevin Handa, you you've been managing director of Pfizer. I've been hearing things about Pfizer offering uh, you know its vaccine to the government of India. It's going through some clearance issues. Given our population density, you see we have become the fastest country to administer 13 crore doses, 130 million. US to 101 days. We've done that in 95 days, but we need to move faster. What should our precise strategy be? Because we have no other option but to bring this graph down. It cannot go from 3 lakh to 4 lakh to 5 lakh. We cannot allow it. Good evening, Arnab, and good evening, everyone. I think it's a very relevant question. How do you bring the graph down? I think it's like uh, changing the tire of a running car. Uh, there are two things that at this point of time, we are all engaged in crisis, and crisis to solve the current problem. But let's not forget that unless we plan for the future, will not be able to stop this. So therefore, as we are addressing the crisis, our strategy should be also to see how do we plan for the future? A is vaccination. You already said that we can speed up, we accelerate the pace of vaccination. But I think we need to have a vaccination deployment analytics. That cool. analytics will tell us where the vaccine needed the most that could be deployed. Just having a uniform distribution or distribution to anybody requires is not going to help now. So therefore, an analytics has to be put in place, which will help us to deploy the vaccine which needs the most and which will contain it. So that's the first thing that we do. The second thing that we need to do is to use scientific tools to catch the new strains virus quickly. We failed in the second wave to catch it quickly. Can we catch the next wave very quickly and then find a solution to that? And the solutions are going to be with us because we have said that some virus works with some vaccine, some don't. Can't we use a mix and match strategy? We have now products from Pfizer which are there from Moderna, which just want to be there. Can we use the live virus, the killed virus, which mRNA technology and see how it works? I think this is the work we have to do it now and be ready for the third variants. And the last thing that I would suggest as a strategy that we need to work on is we fail in, in planning at a very molecular level or at the granular level. What we need to do is to go down up, is to see how, how many hospitals, what type of uh, uh, provisions they have, whatever beds they have, whatever infrastructure with that, whatever vaccines are in the district, go up to the state and go up to the center. The entire I vaccination process needs to be controlled that way in a war-like situation and not casually yeah. left to states or to the center. Yeah. Dr. Kopali, you had tweeted
Okay, okay, so there you go. There you go, there you get it. Coming straight out from India. Okay, serious, serious coronavirus, COVID 19 crisis and issues. Okay, deep, deep world conspiracy, deep, deep controversy. And don't forget, you are listening to the World Conspiracy Talk Show with your host, Andrew P. and Share FM Radio. As we follow the conspiracy trail, as, this, as the conspiracy get deeper and deeper, better and better. Okay, so we are going to make way for a few music and then we'll be back with World Conspiracy Talk Show. Deep, 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 deep conspiracy, deep, deep controversy with your host, Andrew P. Okay. So, for now, I'm out.
Je m'appelle Job Money. It's good to be simple for rainy days. Nice show, cause you know it's here. Life is so delicate. Now see me as evidence. Papa got now my confidence. His blessings are endless. I see the same I don't know. Some people they bump below. I continue the struggle. The struggle they drop on my muscle. I see the same I don't know. Some people they bump below. I continue the struggle. They drop on my muscle. Now I'm giving my testimony. I'm killing the beat and I'm giving them heat. Now I'm giving them everything. I'm living my life on the chop of money. I got this money. Yeah, my testimony, testimony, my testimony. I don't chop, I don't testimony. I don't testimony. Yeah, my testimony, testimony, my testimony. I don't chop, I don't testimony. I don't testimony. If I talk, then go say I just talk. 
Hey, tell me why then they use Panadol for our headache. Yeah, I will go jump if my baby no jump. Yeah, they want to spoil our market. Yeah, I don't wanna be a player no more. Yeah, I don't wanna be a player no more. Cause my guys call me Cristiano, Mr. Ronaldo. Want to speak real English from your first lesson? Sign up for your free lifetime account at EnglishClass101.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Alicia. Welcome back to Top Words. Today, we're going to talk about 10 ways to stop translating in your head. Let's get started. Identify objects around you in English. The first way to stop translating in your head is to identify the objects around you in your target language. So if you're studying English, that means you look at the objects around the room. Look at the things in your life. Don't think of them in your native language first. Think of them in your target language first. So if I look around the room, I see a computer. I shouldn't think my native language word. I should think my target language word. So start with the items and the situations in your everyday life. If I say computer in English, maybe I should say computer in Japanese. I should say not, I don't know, water in English. I should say omizu in Japanese. So 
Start associating the words in your target language with your everyday life now. So if you're studying English, that means start getting familiar with the things in your everyday life in English. Repeat phrases you hear native speakers use. Tip number two is to repeat the phrases that you hear native speakers use. So if you're watching this channel, for example, or you're watching a TV show or a movie, uh, listen for the way that native speakers make those phrases. If you hear a phrase you have never heard before, or you hear an interesting combination of words, try to repeat them yourself. Don't just listen. Try to say them yourself. If you're in a public space and it's difficult for you to do that, fine. Practice in a place where you feel more comfortable. Maybe if you have some private space to practice. Just repeat them. Get your mouth used to saying the words the way that the speakers, uh, the native speakers do. So if you never actually say words, if you're only taking in, if you're only listening and you're not actually producing the language, it's, it's kind of hard to, uh, to practice and to, um, to really hone your pronunciation, to improve your pronunciation. So when you listen to native speakers, try to repeat after them. So for example, if you're studying English, you can try to repeat after this video. You can repeat after the things I'm saying because maybe I'm using an expression or I'm using a certain uh, series of vocabulary words together the way a native speaker would. And it's a, maybe a good idea to try to practice the ways that native speakers put their words together. So try to repeat after native speakers, especially when you're looking at media. Uh, and you can do this when you're reading books too. You can try to read out, um, read out loud interesting lines of books that you find or something that maybe is difficult for you. Very nice practice tip. Make a situation where you can't escape into your native language. Make a situation where you can't escape into your native language essentially means immerse yourself. Of course, going to that country or going to a place uh, where you can speak only that language is very difficult for some of you. Totally understand. But if in your life you can create a situation in your library, in your room, in your house somewhere for just an hour or I don't know, maybe a day, I don't know what your schedule is like, but if you can create a situation or create an environment where you have no choice but to use that language and you cannot escape, meaning you cannot uh, go back to using your native language as a crutch, you can't use the native language at all, it forces you to use the language that you're studying. So, of course, if you are lucky enough to live in the country or to live in a place where people speak the language you're studying, great but you have to go out and interact with people. You have to put yourself in a place where you have no choice but to speak. It's very hard and it's very scary and it's very embarrassing at first, but if you take time to find places and to make environments that are comfortable for you, where you feel comfortable making mistakes and asking questions, it's very valuable for your learning process. This is actually something that I did, totally. I totally did this. My Japanese wasn't very good for, a long time, but then I started making friends who could not speak English. Uh, actually, I just did this through finding hobbies. There was a hobby that I had. I joined a group. I joined actually a school to where I could learn how to do that hobby. And everything was taught only in Japanese. 
And the people in my class only spoke Japanese, mostly. And then maybe we would go out for drinks and food、uh, late at night or on the weekends, and everybody spoke only Japanese. And if I couldn't communicate even simply in Japanese, I had no hope of keeping that friendship together. So it forced me to study. It forced me to think about the words they were using,、uh, and to try to learn those words, those patterns, as well as how to produce them naturally myself. So I was learning the vocabulary words the people around me were using, and learning how to apply them on my own. That was only possible because I had no escape in those situations. So. Try to do that,、uh, even if you can do it yourself in your house. It's super helpful, I think. Watch TV and movies in your target language without subtitles. Tip number four is to watch TV and movies in your target language without subtitles. Without subtitles. So I think that watching、uh, with subtitles can be very beneficial. Um, so if I'm watching something, or if you want to watch something with subtitles on, great. But I sometimes find that、uh, I can, in my case, I I think too much about reading the subtitles and I forget to listen. So maybe if you've seen a movie in your target language a few times、um, with the subtitles on, try turning the subtitles off and think about the like characters' body language, the words they're using.、Um, you can always look that up later. Look up the you know the words you don't know in a dictionary, but try to do it. Um, where you're focusing completely on the way that people are using their words, try not to use the subtitles. So,、um, kind of play around with it a little bit. If there's a word that's difficult for you to hear, you can actually turn on the subtitles in, like the in the native、uh, language of the movie as well. That's something that I've done. Like if、uh, like if I wanted to study Japanese, it's very useful when the actual words spoken. In Japanese, appear on the screen. Sometimes it's easier for me to catch a word if I see it visually and I hear it at the same time. So another way to kind of、um, explore how you can use TV and movies is to actually turn on the closed captions, like the the、um, the words on the screen in the native language of the movie. So、uh, so this is sort of two points in one. So one, watch movies without subtitles. Meaning subtitles in your native. Flow has invested over forty billion to build a better network for you. We have upgraded all these up communities with much more to come. Visit a Flow store today or call one eight hundred eight zero four two nine nine four to find out if you can upgrade to the fiber fast experience. This is you. This is your money. You have plans for that money. You want to be able to hit all your financial goals, but then life strikes back. Bills, food, housing, life, and in no time, your money starts to disappear. Sometimes it can feel like game over before the month even begins. You try to save, but it's not easy, and you realize that saving is just keeping what you already have, and you want more. So get more. It's time to level up and change the game. It's time for Barita. Barita. Native language. And hint two is to watch movies、um, with closed captioning on, but the closed captioning is in your target language, not in your native language. So you can try those two things with TV and with、uh, movies. Don't bring a dictionary to your lesson. Tip number five is don't bring a dictionary to your lesson. Okay, so.、Uh, 
Give me a second here. So I understand that dictionaries, especially electronic dictionaries, we have them on our phones now, are very, very convenient. Um, of course, it's important to use them, and it's they're a great resource to have. However, one thing that uh, really bothers me and that I think is detrimental, it's not helpful for students, is when uh, students are in a lesson and they're practicing conversation and they reach a point in the conversation where they don't know the word they want to use. They know it in their native language and they don't know how to say it in their target language. They pull out their dictionary. They say to this, the person listening to them, their practice partner in their lesson where they have a limited period of time, just a moment. And then they look it up on their phone. It takes a few seconds. The, the flow of the conversation stops. And then they say a word. And it's like, whoa, no, that's not, you don't have that ability. You don't have the ability to do that in a conversation with a native speaker. Most people, like if you go to a bank and try to open a bank account, are you really going to pull out your dictionary and sit there and try to communicate, you know, just a moment, just a moment. As you look up each word, you don't know. No. Or if you do, that's not a real conversation. So instead, try using a different strategy. By that, I mean, if you find a word you don't know in conversation, explain the word to your conversation partner. Maybe they know the word. If you're speaking with a native speaker, this is a chance for them to teach you a word. I find that when people take the time to teach me a word, I remember the word much better than just looking it up on my dictionary. So try to resist. Maybe you can bring a dictionary to your lesson, but don't use it or try not to use it in your conversation practice. It's just, it destroys the flow of a conversation. So instead, practice the skill of describing the vocabulary word you want to use and learn how to ask the meaning of a word or learn how to ask for a vocabulary word from your partner. So you can use an expression like, ah, what's the word that means blah, blah, blah. Or, um, you know, it's this thing that does this and this and this. So this is an opportunity for you to describe characteristics of something or find a different way. You can use your body language. You can use whatever. You have a lot of tools, but try not to use a dictionary in a conversation because it's not realistic. Train responses to common questions. Number six is a quick one, I think. Number six, hint number six I have is just to train responses to common questions. Train responses to common questions. So, for example, uh, a very common question in English is, hey, how are you? You should know how to answer this question. Just have a default response. Hey, how are you? I'm good. <laughs> if it takes you a long time to answer the question, hey, how are you? You need to practice. I think that's a pretty good uh, a pretty good indicator. So, for example, sometimes I ask students a question like that they they haven't quite gotten the idea of how to respond just yet. They they they're not so quick at responding. I say, uh, "Hey, how are you?" And they say, "Yes," and then they think and they go, "I'm uh, I'm uh, good." <laughs> and it's like that's a very common question. So think about just a default response that you can spit out, that you can quickly say. If it's, how was your weekend? Or, hey, what's up? Or, what do you want to do for dinner tonight? Think about like just a handful, meaning just a few, responses to those questions and train them quickly. Just, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? Not bad. There's three. So it's just 
training responses to those questions. There's no reason to be surprised by a question like, how are you? Like, that's a very common question. So for those common questions, train responses to that. We've got a bunch of videos, especially beginner level videos for some example responses you can do. So don't get stuck with these little questions. Just train a few responses, practice a few responses till they feel natural to you. It'll save you time and it'll help the person asking the question too, to move forward in the conversation. Yay. Study with materials that don't provide a translation. The next tip is to study with materials that don't provide a translation. So by this, I mean, if you're using worksheets and, or some kind of textbook uh, or whatever, and it has your target language, the language you're studying, and it has your native language next to it. While this can be useful, I feel that if you can, studying your materials only in your target language and then simplified explanations for more detailed points also in your target language can be a little bit better. So I, I don't want to say like you should only study things in your target language and nothing from your native language because of course like it's, it can be helpful sometimes to look up a word or to understand a grammar point in your native language. But where possible, if you can find something that provides simplified explanations in your target language, it can be really, really helpful because again, you're thinking, you're learning to think on like a simpler on a more basic level about the language you're studying in the language that you're studying. So this can be really, really good. So finding some materials to use where there's no translation. Maybe you can practice, um, of course, with, with books and with written materials, but also with like video materials as well. So there are a variety of different ways that you can um, find materials in your target language, um, like in video and TV. So some things to think about there are the level of vocabulary words people are using in the media content you're watching. Um, who the media content is intended for, children, young adults, adults, uh, the speed at which the speaker is talking. So like I have the ability to change the level of difficulty of uh, videos based on the rate of speech, the vocabulary words that I use and how many like idioms and things I use. So I could make a video very difficult. We could make a very like a very difficult video series by leveling up our vocabulary use or by speaking very quickly. Or as you might see in like our English in three minutes series, um, we can also use very simple vocabulary and speak at a low rate of speech. So maybe right now this is a very intermediate level video. So please think about that. So not just for um, written materials, but also for your audio and visual materials. Think about um, who your audience is, the level of the material and so on. It can be really fun. Uh, and it can be helpful to think about um, your, your target language in your target language. All right, we're almost done. Study phrases in addition to single vocabulary. The next tip is study phrases in addition to single vocabulary words. So yes, of course, vocabulary is important, but I find it personally very, very useful to look at how a vocabulary word is used in a phrase because sometimes using it in a phrase helps you understand the nuance of that vocabulary word really, really well. So if I, like a word like crazy, for example, in English, depending on the situation where the word crazy is used, it could mean something different. It could mean like 
a person who is mentally confused or mixed up, it could also mean something really good. It could mean something really bad. So if we look only at the word crazy, it's quite difficult to understand really the meaning of the word. But if you look at the way the word is used in a phrase, you can get a lot more information. So take a look at the way people use words in phrases, not just as single vocabulary words. You can learn a lot more that way, I think. Do your daily activities in English where possible. The next tip is to do your daily activities in your target language. Uh, so if you're studying English, that means try to do some daily activities in English if possible. So this can be very, very boring stuff, but just think about it when you're doing the activity. So like right now, I'm filming a video for EnglishClass101.com or I'm going to work, I'm cooking breakfast, I'm doing the laundry. What do I have to do tomorrow? So try thinking about your everyday life in English if you're studying English. Try thinking about your everyday activities, the people that you meet. What are you doing? So this is a way to help you practice your verbs. So if you don't know, if you're, I don't know, you're doing something at work and you're like, oh my gosh, how do I explain the, what's the verb for, you know, a picture? Like I want to blah, 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 a picture. What's the word? You can check a dictionary at that point and go, oh, it's draw. I, I need to use the verb draw for draw a picture. So you can find these little gaps in your everyday life, these little gaps in your knowledge, if you think about um, your everyday activities in your target language. If you don't think about it in your target language, you might not realize you have vocabulary gaps or phrase gaps here and there. So this is a really good and kind of funny, actually, way to study. Use a learner's dictionary for new words. The last tip is to use a learner's dictionary for new words. So in English, there are learner's dictionaries available in English. So uh, my favorite, my personal favorite is Merriam-Webster. Merriam-Webster is a fantastic dictionary resource. They're so interesting and they have tons of like historical information. I really do just sit and like read things on the dictionary page lately, it's, it's true. but. Um, of course, there's a definition, there's a meaning for words, there are example sentences for words, but Merriam-Webster also has what's called a learner's dictionary. If you find a word that you don't recognize, you can check it uh, in a dictionary, in a learner's dictionary, and it gives you a simplified, a simple explanation in simple English of that word. So instead of checking it in your native language, you can check it in your target language. So again, this helps you to understand the word um, that you are, that you're focused on, but you understand it from um, the language you're studying, not from your native language. So using a learner's dictionary can be really, really useful as well. All right, so those are 10 tips. Those are 10 tips to help you stop translating in your head. I know it's very difficult, but it's it takes time and it takes practice. And I hope that these are a few strategies that can help you as you study uh, any language. Of course, this is an English language channel, an English language learning channel, but I think these tips are pretty good for learning just about any language, really. So I hope those are useful for you. If you have tried these strategies or if you have any other comments or other tips, please let us know in the comment section below this video.